0: Well, the U.S. dollar isn't on the slide today for once, but equities are following their familiar path, which is upwards, whilst European bond yields have fallen markedly. Well, look at what's driving all of that. Plus, employment numbers in the U.S. are a little less than expected. And Australia's GDP, as you already no doubt know, the worst since the Great Depression. We've got Ray Atrel on today, so he can tell us what that was like. And uh, how's the recovery going in the services sector as well? We get PMI numbers from around the world later on today. It's Thursday, the 3rd of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has shown some strength for changes, up a third of 1% on the DXY. Big falls, though, in the euro. It's down 0.6%. The Aussie dollar down half a percent, the pound losing 0.3%. But there's no stopping those USA equities. The Nasdaq has pushed over 12,000. It's up 1% this morning. The Dow at 1.5%. The S&P 500 at 1.3%. Whilst the euro stocks 50 is up 1.8%. The FTSE 100 at 1.3%. It's contagious, all this enthusiasm, all this exuberance. But is it rational? Uh, A two basis point drop in 10-year treasury, six or seven basis points down right across Europe for government bonds. We'll look at why that is in a bit. And oil is down 3.3% for WTI crude, even though oil stocks fell by 9.3 million barrels last week in the United States. Hurricane Laura might have had a bit to do with that because stocks are higher in the uh, the storage at Cushing, ready for for refining. So maybe that's why. And gold falling out of favour, down 1.5% for comics, wiping out a lot of the gains made towards the end of last week. And here's Ray Atrell, head of FX Strategy and NAB in Sydney. Um, we'll get on to the Aussie GDP numbers, of course, as well in, in a moment. But let's look at overnight, first of all. If you look at the, uh, the bond yield, you'd think there was some concern in the markets. But then if you look at equities, all up. And it's not just online stocks doing well at this time. Is it? In fact, Apple and Alibaba are down. Tesla's lost eight percent. The growth is actually in banks, telecommunications, the, the consumer staples. You know, like in the like in the olden days, Ray. Well, a little bit like that morning, Phil. Yes, just looking at the the indices,
1: there uh, it does look, and it's been a feature of, of, of recent days. Obviously, we had one. Down day, I think, didn't we? Was it on Friday? But um that the the rally has been broadening out beyond, you know, particularly those so called fang stocks, which have, uh, you know, have, have been um, have prompted people to talk about the K shaped recovery, where it's uh, you know very concentrated yeah. as far as the uh, the upslope is concerned in a very few stocks. But um yes, and uh, thank you for not asking me why stocks are up today, because other than the fact it's Wednesday and there are more buyers than well, sellers. Well, um, but I've, that yeah, was going to be my next. <laughs> that was that was going to be my next question,
0: because we're not seeing. I mean. The the data that we saw overnight wasn't that great. I mean, uh, we uh, you know we can we can talk about the ADP employment numbers that came in uh, softer than expected. Uh, we can uh, we can also look at, you know, the, the, the hope of a stimulus, Nancy Pelosi and Steve Mnuchin. You know, there was hope that they were going to get a deal together today. But uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi has uh, scotched that. She said they've got serious differences. It was sort of like a bit like the Nero effect. They're the still fiddling while, while the economy burns. So I am going to ask you that question. Why are equities doing so well?
1: <laughs> well, let's go back to your intro. And uh, there's certainly exuberance. And um, yeah, perhaps it is irrational mm. rather than rational, to borrow uh, Alan Greenspan's famous quote. At least, Um, I mean, a couple of things I'd mentioned. One, there was some um, uh, pronouncement from the World Health Organization. So, obviously, every time we're looking for excuses for why stocks went up, we trot out the uh, vaccines around the corner as one. And the WHO Mm -hmm. did um, have publicly endorsed the use of two cheap steroids to treat seriously ill COVID nineteen patients. So that's being mentioned in some dispatches. Um, You know, also the you know the ongoing influence of the uh, the retail day traders if you like um you know particularly you know those using that robin hood zero percent commission um um, app. Yeah. Um, in which respect? The reason I mention that is just that a, a, a news flash across the screens, right as we're, we're talking, saying that Robin Hood faces an SEC probe over high-speed trading. So, what impact that will have? I, yeah, I wouldn't care to hazard a guess. But mm-hmm. um, certainly, a lot of the professional investors are continuing to point to you know this sharply increased volume of retail participation, which is this is partly a result right.
0: of and that's just because uh, people aren't sure where to put their money. So we're getting more retailers well, saying, obviously they've had
1: a lot of households have had slugs of income that they didn't have before because yeah. of the additional unemployment benefits, for example, and a lot of uh, ways that uh, <laughs> dare I say people choose to uh, choose to speculate on things other than perhaps the uh, the stock market uh, have not been accessible. Yeah. So that that view that uh, um, those that like a flutter are um, are expressing it in other markets may or may not be. Part of the reason here, but um, you know, other than that, I think you know we just have to, you know, extrapolate that the you know, the trend is clearly your friend, and until something more severe than things like the economic news that you have just mentioned, which wasn't flash, was it? And particularly that ADP number. No, um, you know, something's going to have to come on, come along to uh, to really knock the trend. And at the moment, it's not clear what that will be. Although, as we are saying in our various missives, we are concerned or, or you know, getting closer to the U.S. election, and as uncertainty and potentially um, emerges in front of that that could be something that arrests the rally if only temporarily
0: but um and then of course you know we've also got the case haven't we that you know that we know that interest rates are going to be low so i'm sure this is this is part of it as well you know the the, the push in asset prices and obviously equities are uh, a big part of that we had john williams uh, from the fed the latest one from the new york fed you know just reiterating the point that uh, you know interest rates are going to be low for 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 a very long time no, exactly, and we shouldn't underestimate the enduring influence of that.
1: And uh, you know, certainly, obviously, we've talked about the uh, you know the Jackson Hole speech from J Powell last week, uh, almost ad nauseum. But um, you know, the tweaks to the Fed's sort of mandate, mm. if you like, and the implications of that for the longevity longevity of ultra easy um, monetary policy settings, probably not just in the U.S. but elsewhere in the world, um, you know, can't be underestimated as an ongoing factor when that so-called risk free rate is going to be as low as it is for for as long as it's likely to be so um yes so um, i yeah. think that you know yeah. is rightly in there but on a day-to-day basis it's hard to say well because jay powell said this last week and john williams has reiterated it let's put the <laughs> stock market up another one and a half percent is uh, um,
0: a little bit well, of an oddity any, isn't any it? excuse we look, so look they, we, you mentioned those uh, those adp employment numbers you also mentioned the k shape recovery and if we look at uh, uh, those numbers four hundred twenty-eight thousand new private sector jobs in august it was less than expected uh, and uh, if we look where the growth is it's the small and large end of, uh, of companies mid-sized companies actually still um, shedding jobs uh, and then we had, on top of that, we had the Beige Book from the Fed showing signs that the, the recovery is slowing too. So uh, that they need that stimulus, don't they? Nancy and Steve Mnuchin have, have got to get their act together. Yeah,
1: but there's no sign of that, obviously, is there? Is there? So
0: um, the, the quote that I've
1: seen from yeah. Nancy Pelosi this morning is to say that we have serious differences. That follows the call that uh, Steve Mnuchin promised to make out of a, a hearing that he conducted uh, this time yesterday, where um, it looked like the Republican side were, were you know, moving forward and said, look, maybe we can live with a $1.5 trillion stimulus package rather than the trillion dollar figure that they had previously been sticking on. But um, clearly, that is not enough to satisfy uh, Nancy Pelosi. And so the impasse remains. Um, and as you say, mm-hmm. without uh, resolution of that, the economy will really face some pretty severe head- headwinds um, You know, in October, November, which is why we think that you know the Republicans ultimately want to get a deal done. Um, the economy uh, weakening into the election is not something that you'd think that uh, Donald Trump's camp is Going to want to countenance, but at the moment we have no signs there, and, and certainly no. going back to the ADP numbers, um, you know, significantly undershot expectations. And as you say, the uh, indications are that uh, small businesses in particular are uh, continuing to shed uh, shed jobs, and the implication is that we get the non farm payrolls numbers on Friday evening, um, you know, and expectations of a number north of a million dollars. Sorry, a million people, should I say, in terms of mm. new jobs, um, you know, looks uh, somewhat optimistic, yeah. should I say, at this. Well, time. Yeah, the weekly
0: jobless numbers as well before that, don't we, tonight. Uh, So we'll see how much uh, uh, they have come down um, over the last week. Now, look, in Europe, what's going on there? We had this big fall in bond yields, down six basis points in Germany, in France, the UK, Italy. Uh, What's happening well, um, it seems that um, people are very happy to be uh, lending their
1: money to governments where they're guaranteed to lose money over time. And uh, perhaps it's the fact that they think they'll lose money less rapidly than, than alternative investments, at least, with also particularly strong demand for, um, for green or ESG debt, which is interesting. Um, so, at least uh, yes. as my uh, WANG colleague in New Zealand has remarked in his daily today, then, um, you know, people are happily losing money. But if they're buying ESG-related debt, then maybe that's for a good cause. So think of uh, think of investors as uh, as giving money to charity. Maybe that's why the European bond market is doing quite as well as, as it is. But uh, I don't really think there's any sort of fundamental news driving no. that. But we have seen this sort of, you know, exodus from US markets, um, which we think is still an interest rate story ultimately. Um, and, and the European markets are proving to be a major beneficiary of yeah, that.
0: In fact, we had uh, the opposite of, uh, you know, we had Jens Weidman, the uh, Bundesbank president, saying uh, we need to start reducing these emergency measures sometime soon fiscal policy shouldn't rely on interest rates being so low over over the longer term uh obviously not many people listening to him on that one Let, look, let's look at the the elephant in the room uh yesterday uh, the gdp number for australia seven percent down for q2 more than expected and of course with the melbourne lockdown q3 isn't going to see it bouncing back with any great vigor either is it no, it isn't. So minus seven
1: percent on the quarter is about one percent worse than had been expected, and the worst uh, quarterly outcome that we've had on record. And uh, very much driven by, or almost entirely driven by, uh, the weakness in consumption. So that was down twelve percent on the quarter. And remember that accounts for um, you know around sixty-five percent of GDP. So if uh, if consumers aren't spending, then by definition GDP is, is not going to be going up. Interestingly, looking at the savings ratio, the savings ratio. Year has gone up to twenty percent, so that's really telling you that all of the various income support measures, JobKeeper and the like, and the extended unemployment benefits have essentially, you know, a lot of that has been saved rather than spent because people have still got no confidence as to when they're going to be back gainfully employed or how long that uh, you know, support mechanisms are going to remain in place. So, um, you know, if you want to see the glass half, uh, you know, half full, you can say, well, there's a lot of money there that could be spent at some future point if, as and when confidence. Returns, but it's uh, it's not going to stop. Um, you know the numbers looking, uh, you know, still pretty poorly for, for several quarters at least. Anyway, um, so let's see. We've got the budget on October the sixth. So Josh Friedenberg is clearly talking about. Um, you know wanting to do you know to, to come up with a five-year plan is what i'm reading in the australian this morning and uh, there's a 10 billion dollar figure mentioned as far as infrastructure is concerned although put that in context that's worth about half a percent of gdp so it's not going in itself going to bring us back to pre-pandemic levels yeah, Well, i activity. mean if you want to get
0: consumption up talk to rishi sunak in the, over in the uk and, you know give everyone meal vouchers or, or give them a harvey norman gift voucher and uh, uh, see how that uh, see how that goes it's been tried before isn't it uh so Look, what about uh, the services sector? That's uh, we'll, we'll find out how that's doing around the world because we get the, uh, uh, the the manufacturing ISM for the U.S., we get the Keqing Services PMI for China, and then we get a whole swag of the market services uh, PMIs for Australia, Japan, the Eurozone, the U.K. and the U.S. This really is PMI day today, isn't it?
1: It is, if they remember that, with the exception of uh, the U.S. ISM and that China um, Kaizen services, these are all final numbers, so they very rarely throw up major surprises yeah. relative to the preliminary ones. So I think it's the China and the U.S. ones. Um, that U.S. Uh, non-manufacturing ISM is expected to effectively be unchanged at around sort of fifty four point seven, fifty four point eight, which in absolute terms is, uh, you know, does say that the uh, the service sector has is, you know, has, uh, has certainly been improving in the last month or so at least. Um, and uh, and for the for the China ones, I mean, generally the message from the, uh, the the ones that we've had so far, the official ones and the manufacturing ones earlier in the week, you know, do suggest that the economy is is is, is thought the recovery is still intact, and we expect those services ones to, to reaffirm that with a number pretty close to the uh, fifty four that we had the previous. And month. look,
0: it's not normally uh, marquee moving, but we get Australia's trade numbers today. Now, I'd have thought you know having uh, a major trading partner who's come out of the COVID doldrums faster than anyone else would sort of help your exports, which would help. Your uh, your trade balance, but you reckon that the surplus will actually fall a fair bit.
1: Well, yes. So, uh, you know, it, it does look – we do get preliminary numbers for these, and so we've got some sort of clue, particularly on the goods side of things, mm-hmm. and they do show that there has been something of a fall-off in, uh, in the volume of, of goods exports. And uh, we don't have services numbers in, in here, but obviously things like tourism and, uh, and education, we're currently closed for business there, so uh, that will show up in, in a diminished um, current account uh, surplus later. But, um, say, so the numbers, you say, the exports of key commodities, we know have continued to be very, very strong um, – and and driven by china but um yes. as i say the data that we have suggests that uh, we should expect to fall back but at five billion dollars or five to six billion dollars which is the expectation um these remain historically very very large surpluses yeah
0: so it could of course be much worse couldn't it absolutely well look uh, remember that voice the voice of very actual because you won't hear it for a couple of weeks he's off on holiday for another couple of weeks i'm back tomorrow morning though always uh, i'm phil dobby for nab i'll see you in the morning have a great day <laughs>